0: Benjamin, and uh, and they have, uh, if, if you remember right, they, they came down, and, and when they came down and Joseph saw them, he, he had them come to his house, and they ate a meal, and, and uh, there are several things that happened during that time that, that was kind of astonishing to the brothers, uh, one of which is the way they were sitting in their birth order uh, at the table when they were eating, uh, and and that really astonished them, uh, but anyhow, they had they had eaten a meal, and they when they left out, uh, Joseph had commanded that the cup, the silver cup, be put into Benjamin's sack, and then he went out and and, and let them go, and then they went out, and uh, and, this, and Joseph's servant had tracked them down, and they had basically made a pact as far as. Um, well, I say a pack They had made a deal, you know, i don't say I can't remember which brother it was that was speaking, if it had actually made mention of it. I'm thinking it was Judah for some reason, but uh, when the servant had caught up with them and he asked them, you know, why would they have taken the cup? And uh, and he says, look, you know, whoever has the cup, let him die, and we will all be your servants. And then they found the cup in Benjamin's sack. Benjamin, or, and then at that time, uh, they were like, look, don't let him die. And, and they came back to town with him, uh, bowed before uh, Joseph there. And in, in chapter 44, uh, the last half of that chapter, we have Judah standing before Joseph. Remind you again that Judah did not know that this was Joseph that he was speaking to and ultimately lays it all out. He tells him, says, look, man. I've made a pact with my father who loves Benjamin very much that I would bring him back and put him before him. I cannot go back to my father without him. And he ultimately turns around and says, please let me take his place. I know that my little version of that didn't even compare to what we have written in chapter 44 there, but I didn't want to rehash everything that was written there. So Judah' standing up for Benjamin because Benjamin was going to become his his servant, that was what was said before that. I should have said that, but Benjamin was going to be a servant, but Judah's standing up and saying, "Please, let me take his place. let Benjamin go back, let him go back before his father because his other brother uh, is 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 dead and um, and this is the only son that's left of uh, this particular wife of, of Jacob. So please let him go back because he just, he, he won't be able to handle it if he doesn't. So that's pretty much the stage that we have before uh, right there at the end of, of chapter 44, and then we'll be getting into 45. But anything else someone want, might might want to add that I left out that might be important going into 45? All right. So let's look at the first three verses of chapter 45. It says, Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph does my father still live but his brothers could not answer could not answer him for they were dismayed in his presence all right so like I said after this this speech that Judah stands before him and gives as far as uh, uh, letting him take his place take Benjamin's place because of the way that his father had loved uh, Benjamin, and Joseph, knowing all the background, knowing what was going on, knew who Benjamin was, knew who the father was, and like uh, like we've made mention of before in, uh, in, in chapter 43 and 44 here, that this was pretty much a test that Joseph was laying out to see whether or not his brothers was going to leave Benjamin and desert him just like they had done to him, Uh, whether or not they were jealous over Benjamin because he was now the beloved brother uh, and and, and let him uh, be done away with, but yet here he is standing before him. Now, the question I have to you in this passage here is in... Uh, in verse 3 we have Joseph asking does my father still live? Now the reason I want to ask you why he asked this question is because if you remember right back in chapter 43 in verses 27 and 28 when the brothers had first come back down for the fir- for the second time here he had asked his brothers at that time if the old man that they spoke of, their father, the old man they spoke of, is still alive. Is he still well? And they had even responded back to him, saying that he is well and in good health. So they have not returned back to their father and come back at this time. Why does he ask them again at this point, is my father still alive? Well, this was... He'd asked since they've been back the second time, and they hadn't returned back home yet, so they wouldn't have had any kind of new report. They wouldn't have had any kind of information to go along with it. Uh, Do you have something, Frank? <coughs> uh, that's good. And I didn't even think about that. That's that's very good. You know, giving them a chance to right or wrong. You know, are you, were you telling me the truth? <laughs> Is he still alive? Very good. Anything else, somebody want to add on that? Karen? All right. Yeah. My in kind of the last part of what you were saying is what I, was kind of the thought process that I had going on. you know here he is, he's standing before his brothers, you know after this 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 presentation that Judah brings before him, and, and he just couldn't stand anymore. He couldn't restrain himself anymore, and he cries out and, and has everyone leave the room except for his brothers and tells them, says, "I am Joseph, your brother." Is my father still alive? You know, before he was asking, the old man, you know, your father that you spoke of, he's still alive? Like, yeah, he's alive and well. And and now it's you know <clears throat> I'm your brother. Is my father still alive? You know, this is this is going this has changed from you know it, how's that old man over there that you that you you know that you call your father, is he is he still alive over there? To this is my father as well. Is he still alive? But, I mean, I'm not trying to take away from what Frank was saying. That was very good, and I didn't think about that aspect either. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that was kind of the thought that I had going on. Um, and then at the end there of chapter, or, or verse 3, it says, But his brothers could not answer, uh, for they were uh, dismayed in his presence. What do you think? Might have been going on in their heads as far as, you know, why they were just sitting, standing there speechless. Jeremy. Wow. I think part of it could be that they're still trying to figure out is this really the case? Is he really Joseph? How can this person that we sold into slavery over 20 years ago be second in command of overall Egypt? As uh, Jeremy made mention a couple, I can't remember how long ago it was, maybe a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, you know, <clears throat> when you sit there and think about it, this is not something that would happen, period. If it wasn't for God having his hand in it, this would not be happening. You know, a, a servant would not be put up into the second command of over Egypt. You know? And so in their minds, like, no, this can't be Joseph. You know, and I'm, I can just imagine them staring at him and thinking that. And then as Julie was saying, you know, in, in some aspect, man, but if it is, oh, what is going to happen? What What is going to become of us at this point in time? You know, and, and I also wonder if maybe some of the dots started connecting in their minds. You know, oh, man, when we were sitting there eating dinner, we were sitting in line of birth order. Huh, maybe that's why he, so maybe this is Joseph, you know. Cause he knew this, you know. He gave, he gave. I can't remember 100. I won't say it was five times the amount of food to to Benjamin. You know that would have been his real brother. Maybe, man. Maybe this is Joseph. You know. I, and, and in my head, I can just see him just sitting there trying to connect all the dots and think, could this really be him? And, and part of the reason why I think that's what it's about to be said in the next couple of verses here, but. Absolutely, I think there's a, a certain amount of fear, a certain amount of confusion, trying to put everything together, and make sure that they're not, you know, that he's not just lying to them, and, and somehow know Joseph, and and somehow or another know that that's who they were. I don't know, but <clears throat> I can just imagine all the confusion, confusion and fear that's going on in their minds at this point in time. Anything else, though, before we keep going? All right. Let's look at the next uh, few verses here, starting in verse 4. It says, And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in in the land, and there are still five years <coughs> in which there will neither be plowing nor harvesting. <coughs> and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity uh, <coughs> for you in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it, so now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So as they are standing there contemplating all these things, Joseph turns to him and says, listen, I'm Joseph. I'm your brother whom you sold into Egypt. Now, bearing in the back of your minds, this is probably the first time Benjamin has heard this. Benjamin's standing there, and he says, you sold me into Egypt. Benjamin wasn't wasn't there uh, when Joseph went to check on on the other brothers. At least, not that I know of, not that I can think of. I would imagine Benjamin, because he's younger than Joseph, would have been sitting there at the house as well. but it's very possible this was the first time Benjamin would have ever known what had happened to his brother Joseph. And he says, you sold me into Egypt. Uh, And once again, I think this is just kind of proving to them, I'm Joseph. I'm your brother. This is what you did to me. This is why I'm here. But then he gives them comfort. Because in starting in verse 5, he tells them, don't worry about that. Don't worry about what you did to me. Don't worry about how everything fallen into place because it was God. God has done this. God sent me here. God put me in this position because of what's happening right now. And then uh, another first time for the brothers. As, uh, as far as we know, this is the first time that they have ever heard about what is happening as far as these seven years of famine that's going on. And he tells them, says, and here we have a at least some kind of a timeline that we're in the second year of, of this famine, but yet there's going to be five more still to come. So the brothers have now learned that there's going to be a, a total of seven years of famine here. Um, and then Joseph goes on to explain to them how... How much of a, or how high up in the in the rankings he's become, uh, being second command of all of Egypt. <clears throat> Anything, somebody, I want to add to that or make comment on? Yes, Jim. Absolutely, and and continuing on with that that mindset as far as how that Jacob didn't use that opportunity to 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 to, to punish his brothers for what they have done, but yet to look at it in the providence of God and how that he had, <clears throat> yes, he went through some harsh things, uh, went through some, even some, um, uh, with Potiphar's wife, you know, uh, uh claiming something that he didn't even do and then getting punished for something that he never even did, um, you know, and being in prison for several years and, and, uh, you know, what have you. So, I mean, so many wrongs that was done within his life there during that time period. And yet he still tells them, don't worry about it. Even as he remembers back to the pleading that he pleaded with his brothers when they were selling him into slavery, begging them not to do this, he still doesn't look at that and say, you I begged you not to do this, but yet God allowed this to happen. Karen? Absolutely, very good. Uh, good lesson in forgiveness, Jeremy. I was just right. I'm sure there's some comfortable things going on in his head, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and <laughs> but and I think we can see really in between the lines here, from the first time that he saw his brothers, him kind of drawing out a plan to what's going to happen. To the second time, and that's where we're seeing everything come into place. You know, as far as setting the stage for what we have going on, especially back in chapter forty-four, setting that stage to see how his brothers are going to react, see what they're going to do with Benjamin, and and even planning for what would happen if everything fell into place is what we'll see later on. But anything else? Very good comments. Thank you. All right. Well, let's look at the next set, starting in verse 9. <coughs> it says, Hurry and go, go to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, uh, in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me you and your children and your children's children your flocks and your herds and all that you have there I will provide for you lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty for there are still five years of famine all right so Joseph tells us brother says go back to my father and tell him that I still live tell him that I where I'm at what how, what position I, I hold here in Egypt and tell him to come down and to, and to dwell in the land of Goshen. The reason why I said what I said a minute ago as far as planning out what might happen you know, after he gives his brothers his test here in a sense is because, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think it's it's possible that he might have even spoke to the Pharaoh about uh, this and even spoke to him about giving them the land of Goshen. Um, now, I know in, I think it's 47, uh, it'll talk about how that, it might be the end of 46. I can't remember now. But anyhow, Joseph talking to his brothers in in preparation to go and meet the Pharaoh, uh, tells them certain things so that he might say uh, to go and dwell in the land of Goshen. But, uh, and I mean, maybe that's all providential, but I feel like there might have been discussions in between Joseph and Pharaoh uh, as far as taking over this land, or you know, having the land of Goshen uh, for them to, to, uh, to have their flocks there and things. And, and there's reasons for that, and we'll get to that in a later chapter, but um uh, but he tells them you know, to come into the land and and, and he he has pretty much a land picked out for them that, that's a it's a good fertile land. Now granted they're in the time of famine. I don't know how fertile it is at this point in time. It will be after the land of, or after the time of famine at least. But there's also a uh a sense that that they may be come to poverty over just trying to afford to feed themselves and keep everything up up in good health uh, over the next five years uh, to to because of the famine. Uh, if you look in verse 11, it makes mention of that. Now, I don't know if that's just written to kind of make them think that, you know, you'll be spending a lot of money, you know, so be careful, you know, come on back, whatever. I don't know. But um, but it makes me wonder if if nothing else, it's at least uh, putting out there of how severe this famine is going to continue to be. Because you will not be growing any kind of crops, you will not be reaping anything. This is going to be harsh, and you're going to have to spend money ultimately to to get food. But come here, and we'll take care of you. That's what I'm trying to get out. Anything else over on that? It is, and Jim, you can correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I had read, and I didn't point this out because I wasn't real confident, but I had read that this is almost like a um, a, a, a religious leader in the house of Pharaoh, if you would. Okay, a, a father over the land then is more so, or a chief over the land uh, is more so what's being described there. Uh, anything else before we keep going? All right, picking up in verse 12. And behold, uh, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and you shall in and, and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on then he fell on his, brothers, and on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Uh, moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them, and after that, his brothers talked with him. There's something interesting there in, in verse 12 that I find, and I, don't, and I might be making more of this than what... Uh, there needs to be, but I find it interesting in the way that he says, and behold your eyes in the eyes of my brother, Benjamin, and see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. Like I said, I might be making more of this than what needs to be there, but it makes me wonder if Rachel, which would have been their mother, had a particular uh, uh, gene as far as... to there, her eyes went that she passed down to Benjamin and himself, and he's com- you know making the comparison as far as look at your eyes. You know, your eyes are different colors than my eyes and Benjamin's eyes. Now, like I said, I could be making more of that than what needs to be there. It could just be that he's saying, look at my eyes, look at my mouth. It is me. You're, these are my features. You know, your eyes and your mouth typically don't really change uh, i've been told i don't know if it's true or not but your eyes never grow Is there right i don't know eh. maybe it's just a wise tale eh, whatever but um and it could be that he's just making the comment as far as your eyes go there i try to do a little bit of back study on that i couldn't find anything to back me up as far as you know, the color of the eyes or anything else but just throwing that out there yes jim Eye to eye, without a go-between, without an interpreter, uh, because he is speaking their language. If you remember back 43, I think it was, the the chapters start to blur in my mind as I keep going, but uh, it speaks of how that Joseph spoke to them through an interpreter um, because of um, and, and that was just a whole nother reason on why his brothers didn't know who he was. It might have been before 43. It might have been the first time. 42? All right, 40, 42, 23 is when it speaks of how that Joseph has spoke to them uh, through an interpreter. That's very good. Anything else? Well, real quick, we've got a couple minutes left. I can get through the next few verses here. In verse 16, going down through verse 20, it says, Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house saying Joseph's brothers have come <clears throat> so it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well and Pharaoh said to Joseph say to your brothers do this <clears throat> uh, load your animals and depart and go to the land go to the land of Canaan uh, bring your father and your households and come to me I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the land. <coughs> uh, now you are commanded, do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives. Uh, bring your father and come. Also, do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of the, of the land of Egypt is yours. So here we have uh the report coming to Pharaoh as far as what was what was going on uh how the brothers were, how that his brothers were here and and so Pharaoh you're being grateful for what all Joseph has done for them uh tells them says go get them and and he commands them to take the carts um, and as we'll see uh, later on in this chapter that uh, seeing the carts along with the, all the goods that Joseph sends with them is a big uh, pivotal moment as far as Joseph, or not Joseph, Jacob, uh, believing that Joseph is still alive. So, But he commands them to take carts, uh, which, a little side note of information, uh, if, if memory serves me correct, this is the first time we read of any types of carts uh, in the Bible being used, uh, but... I guess you can consider it as like a the first U-Haul trailers uh, being used. So here we have U-Haul and uh, back in the Bible time. But but anyhow, um, Pharaoh tells them to take carts so that they can bring their wives and, and the little ones back uh, due to the, the journey. But any thoughts or comments, though, our time is up.